miles to Budapest, my my hidden treasure chest, golden grand piano, my beautiful Castillo, you. What's up, everybody? This is uh, AJ, and this is the Unnecessary Podcast. That was uh, George Ezra playing Budapest, and uh, we're going to give Lee a call, as we're want, won't, won't to do. I like that word, won't. So, uh, yeah, it's a cool song, Budapest. It's kind of got this kind of folk vibe to it. It's got like a soundtrack kind of vibe. I feel like I'm like riding on a moped going somewhere. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What's going on, buddy? Nothing, man. Just um, jamming out to some music. I'm in a particularly echoey room, so people are going to have to deal with that. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm a little less echoey, but uh, feeling good. Good. How's your summer going? It's going good. It's flying by. Hold on, I'm just going uh, to switch uh, headphones here because these headphones are a little too noise canceling and I can't hear myself talking. It's kind of freaking me out. Oh, I see. But, yeah, too. I feel like I'm, I'm talking, but I can't hear myself, but I can hear myself hearing myself. <laughs> The schnozberries <laughs> taste like schnozberries. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's take these pistols out. Oh. Oh, jeez. So, all right. Oh, that's better. Here we go. So you mentioned, you mentioned being restless during the summer. I get this feeling like... Um, like I'm running out of summer and like, I don't have enough time to do all these things that I want to do, which is like ridiculous. Cause I'm doing tons of stuff all the time. And it's just like my own neuroticism. You ever get that feeling? Isn't that a great metaphor? Isn't that a great metaphor for life though? Is it? I don't know how to like explain. Like a dwindling summer. I yeah. Life is just a dwindling summer. No, you're right. It is a microcosm. Um, but it's, I, I feel like it's nice in a way to have that urgency because with, like, as you mentioned, it's a ma- microcosm for life. But with life, I don't know, sometimes I forget that it doesn't last forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's just a, a part of the, the human condition, I guess. Is, you know, it, it doesn't do you any good to really dwell on what is before or what's after. It only does you good to... To be in the now because now dictates the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. I, oh, man, that reminds me of this Alan Watts um, lecture I was listening to. And as the four listeners... Oh, by the way, we have two more listeners officially. So, hey we're at five. Oh, yeah, look out. Hey. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> skyrocketing up the charts. Um, That's right. Yes. Now I, now I totally forget what I was... Oh, yeah, Alan Watts. Um, this lecture, I was listening to him say that we think about the past as something that informs the present, but in reality, it's the present that informs the past. And he goes on to explain this kind of reversal of perspective. And he's like, if you look at a ship and the waves in the wake of the ship that the ship makes... You would never look at the wake of the ship and the waves and say that the waves caused the ship. (laughs) 
It's like you would say that the, the ship in the present moment caused these ripples that we call the past. And I'm like, man, that is such a weird way to look at life that I've never looked at it before. Yeah, and, and to go back to the, the thing that we always go back to, how your memories are, you're just remembering the memory of, of whatever happened to you. Yeah. Um, like, the, that, that, that ship is a great metaphor because wave, as soon as you make the wake, it changes. Mm-hmm. And it continues to change until it, it just fades into nothing, back into, you know, the landscape of your mind. The landscape of your mind. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I may have talked about this with you last time I was, uh, we potted or a couple times ago, but I love going to a place and having all the memories come back to me or I, I just love the act of remembering something that I hadn't thought of or haven't remembered, you know, in quite some time or since it happened. Like it I, something I triggers it. Yeah. Dude, I went back to my middle school. Oh my God. It was like, it was awesome. It was like having an acid flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yes, tons of fun. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much time travel, like experiencing a place and time that you used to be in the future, in your future self, looking like back on your old self. Hmm. I, I, so I don't know if I follow you there, but hey, I'm going to, that's why we pod. So I can listen to it later and have my it's, mind blown. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like in, inserting yourself into a, a previous time with a previous version of yourself. But now you're going back almost like the ruins of oh, your right. old life. Yeah, no, totally. It was, um, it was a very strange experience. I was able to... Yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate where I can... I still have decent memories, so I can go back there and walk through the halls and remember I can see myself in a way. Yeah, it is like a time machine. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's the answer. Yes. And I feel like as I as I get older, I, I feel like for this point, maybe around around twenty four, twenty five, where I got to this point where I felt like I was like, all right, I have a pretty good handle on like what's going on and like what's happening around me and the world and like the goings on of the immediate like dimension that we're in. But then as I got past that, twenty six, twenty seven, and now I'm thirty. I feel like I have less of a grip on what reality really is than ever before. I feel like <laughs> as I've answered the smaller questions in my life, it has paved the way for larger questions that make me feel even more alienated from any knowledge that I have gained about my surrounding universe. Hmm. Well, that's pretty fucking cool. I mean, most people don't. Most people don't have a first intellectual look at life let alone like a third and fourth where you're starting to doubt yourself and <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah that's why i have a massive god complex where it's like why can't everyone just think like me like why can't i just control everyone yeah. to think the same way i i think a lot of it a lot of that started when it's kind of weird but when chris cornell died Okay. It made me think, like, this guy, like, 50 years old, like, has had all the success in the world, has everything that anyone could ever want, and then he just, he kills himself. Mm. And it's like, I, and then I think at, at, you know, 25 to 30 years old that I know what the fuck is going on, and this guy's 50, has lived almost double the life that I have, and he's like, nah, I'm fucking, that's it. You know what I mean? 
it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and and the Lincoln Park dude just uh, passed away. Yeah, today Chester Bennington today is it, it, unreal. It's and crazy. that was your boy, right? Or no, no, no. I I'm so I apologize to Incubus. I always confuse those two bands. Yeah, you're thinking of Brandon Boyd. Dude, this is the second time that I've had this exact conversation today. <laughs> That's really weird that you said that. Literally had this exact conversation. I was at I was at um, Anthony, the other uh, member of Time Relaxed. We were recording today. I was having dinner with him and his parents, and we're sitting there. And his mom goes, "Yeah, so isn't it crazy how um, the guy uh, from Lincoln Park just like killed himself today, Chester Bennington?" And I was like, "What? I hadn't been on on social media or news or the the internet all day because we were recording." Mm-hmm. So she just blew my mind with that information. I was like, "Are you serious?" She's like, "Yeah, don't you really like it?" Oh no, that's uh, that's uh, Brandon Boyd who you really. Like. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," you literally just said that exact thing. That's, that's funny. so funny, but, yeah. dude. Yeah, well. Here, going back to the memories thing, I had a memory of you and I sitting in your car. Um, like we would, we would be getting in your car to go somewhere, and the car is parked in the driveway of the frat house on Locust Lane. And um, what'd you have? Like an old blue Pontiac or something? Yeah, the Pontiac Grand Am, baby. Yeah, yeah. So we'd hop into that whip. You'd turn Ooh. on the car. And you had, you had, you, it was like a classic, like mid 2000s, like dude car. Cause you had, you had the face with the new, the stereo system put in. Like that was the classic yeah, thing. The nice head unit. Yeah. <laughs> I had the nice head unit. I had the nice speaker. I had the sub in the back. Oh, uh, it's Remember too those funny. Remember fucking huge subs, dude? My system was banging. Yeah, that was hilarious. You were driving around like a little Mexican guy. Um, oh hell yeah! But yeah, that thing was bumping, and I remember you turning on the car, and just um, not Lincoln Park, the other one. No wait, yeah, Lincoln. Wait, which one is it that you like? Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, again, my apologies. I know it's significantly different music. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I don't take it personally. It's too funny, dude. I, I got I can't shit on bands anymore on this show. That's not, that's unfair. Um, yeah, I mean it's okay. We had we had our dispatch, our dispatch OAR uh, comparison because mm-hmm. I, I love dispatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that one's now famous. That one that's now a there. famous. That went viral. Yeah, dispatch versus OAR. Yeah, well, that clip went viral for sure. I'm, I can only assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we've got Incubus versus Lincoln Park. So do you have any what you would consider to be guilty pleasure music interests or band interests? Um, honestly, I, it, I, it's different <laughs> for me because I'm a I'm a full time musician, so I don't. I honestly don't listen to that much, much music. Um, anymore. I, I mean, I listen to music at the gym. If I'm at the gym, I listen to, usually try to put on like a live tool show to get me amped up on YouTube. I love tool. Um, right. So I, I, I listen to music at the gym, maybe some Humphreys. Um, aside from that, if I'm taking a long car ride, usually I'm listening to videos I've recorded of myself practicing to try to look for, you know, riffs and song ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's, Listening to music for me at this point is more of a uh, personal endeavor of listening to my own stuff and trying to piece together uh, my thought fragments that I have exploded into musical form. 
So, uh, guilty pleasure music at this point? Mm, I mean, I... No, not, not really. I mean, not yeah, not really. Nice. So, I, I mean, I, I love Hall and & Oates, and I, I would consider that oh, like yeah. a, a traditionally guilty pleasure band, but... I'm I'm so proud of my love. Like I defend them, you know. I'm like they just yeah, all of this is great. yeah. If they if they came out 30 years later, they wouldn't have sounded like that. Like I'm just they just make good music. It just happens to be all synthed yeah. out, which I happen to love. I enjoy. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I have. I I also I play music at the office all that so. You know, my mind works where I, I like wordplay and I make connections um, out of nowhere. But we have different meetings in our office. Like we have one-on-one meetings. And so when I have my one-on-one with my boss, I play Hall & Oates. One-on-one, I want to play that game tonight. And then if we're, every morning we have our stand-up, our, our daily stand-up meeting, which is like a 10-minute morning meeting. And so I play... Yeah. I play the classic ludicrous anthem, Stand Up. Um, oh, nice. It's like, it's such a ridiculous song, and it's like such a perfect, like, early 2000s. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, Ludacris does this ridiculous walk in it. Stand up! Yeah! <laughs> He's doing this, like, stupid, like, really small step thing. And he's wearing a shirt that a jacket made that looks like it's just hundred dollar bill print. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we have the the uh, the all up the sales and marketing all up. That's like our once a month sales meeting. And so for that one, I put I'm all the way up. Nothing can stop me. I'm all... <laughs> so I have like you know it's like a soundtrack for the office. Yeah. Can I just say that the early two thousands was such like a musical Wild West wasteland of just ridiculous like new metal and like party rap and nobody really knew what the fuck was going on just everybody was coming at all angles because like the, the internet was just coming into being so all these new bands were getting uh, traded around on on Kazaa and Bear right. Bear and LimeWire right good times it was literally the Wild West do you remember this bad boy? Exactly, yeah. Jim West, Desperado. No, you don't want nada. None of this. <laughs> Sorry, I was just singing over. What were you saying? Sorry. I was just saying, uh, just led by like Will Smith and Linkin Park and fucking Ludacris and mm-hmm. all this crazy fucking music. Oh, <laughs> you. <laughs> My my girlfriend Eva had the funniest fucking mix up for Lincoln Park, even funnier than Incubus. Um, she. Who's that? It was wait. It was, I'll give you a nice reveal. She was like, "Oh, did you hear that the guy from Limp Biscuit died?" Today? <laughs> yeah. Classic early two thousands. I did it all for the oh nookie, God, I used dude. To love Limp really? Yeah, because you were in high school. Oh, yeah, when I was like, when I was like thirteen, oh. fourteen, I was big in Limp It's really thirteen-year-old music. Yeah. It's 
I don't know. It's kind of fucking cool. <laughs> now I'm like talking myself into Limp Bizkit. Yeah. The band is sweet. The music is cool. I don't know. I don't know if it's cool. Well, well, Limp Bizkit actually released a new album like a, a two or three years ago, maybe. <laughs> and I remember I I just like listened to one of the songs, and before the vocals came in, the music was awesome. Right. I was like, wow, this is real sweet. And then of course Fred Durst comes in and it gets ridiculous, but <laughs> the, the musicians are are on par for sure. Right. If they just got rid of that Fred Durst guy. Yeah, yeah, they went all instrumental. Yeah, that's strange, because um, it's like, Fred Durst was the, the you gotta take the girl, you gotta dance with the girl you brought to the, the, the dance, the prom, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> they think that's their theory. You know, like, the, all those bands that play, um, like, county fairs and stuff, like Sugar Ray... Like all those super pop, yeah. Smash Mouth, they'll play Clearfield County Fair or whatever. Uh, Funny. Um, going back to um, Smash Mouth. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world was. I can do that voice pretty good. <laughs> well, there's also, it ain't no joke, I like oh, you. Oh, shit. That's and right. The world is singing, they call my name. Yep. <laughs> And perfect harmony. Oh, it's so douchey. I know. He doesn't even really have an accent in real life. I remember when I found that out, that he was just singing with a no, big accent. He's from like, like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, they're from, like, fucking L.A. or whatever. Somebody yeah, exactly. once told me the world. <laughs> oh, I thought he was British or something. Oh, man. How about this one? I haven't heard this song in a while. This was a really bad one. 1997. <laughs> oh man, these guys look like jerks. I can't even. I don't even want to listen to more than two seconds of that one. Oh, how about uh, how about Jump Around by House of Pain? Remember that song? You know, jump up, jump up, <laughs> get down. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so as I'm playing um, Chumba Wumba, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Chumba Wumba's Tub Thumper. Chumba Wumba. Um, I take a whiskey drink. I take a fucking. Um, so so I'm playing it on YouTube, and you know how on the right side YouTube will will like give you suggested songs or, or you know videos to play next. Yeah. So it's right after Chumba Wumba. Uh, can you guess what the song? I it'd be hard to guess, but it's just so perfect. The, the very next song they suggest, Howard. it was, uh, oh, this stupid intro. Let's see if I can get it. Nah, of course not. It's, <laughs> it's my favorite 90s tune, dude. What? Never flat if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. This song's cool, dude. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I'm in. Mean, how, how does Smash Mouth do it? How do they fucking do it with their, with their songs? Like they're like so like cheesy, but I guess that was the time. Oh, dude, they have the '90s thing where like they speak through a megaphone for one of the lines. Listen to this. This was a classic. When he goes and all day shrimping right here. 
where they distort the voice, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. There's, I can't believe they made it. Like, their songs are so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then what was the what was the other one? Yeah, I'm... Oh, man. Yeah, this one was bad, dude. This one was really bad. This is like... This is the well, kind of... This is a remake. I know, but it's the kind of song you hear at the end of, like, an American Pie movie, you know? It was, it was at the end of Shrek, right? I guess, yeah, yeah, it was. But I picture this, I picture Smash Mouth being of the more, like, douchey 90 movie variety. Yeah, like, college, like, post-high school douche film, yeah. It's like playing at the end of, like, Saving Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I used to love that movie. Of course you did, dude. I mean, that's like, it's a weird movie, because we all love Jack Black, right? He's in that. Yep. And like as you watch it you're like it's not that bad like the I think the writing is fairly on point like it's not a complete Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um all right, I got to go back to my guilty pleasure music thing cuz um yeah, I'm I'm very proud of Hall and Oates, but when I grew up, now I'm just again uncovering memories I haven't thought of in a while. But I've thought of this a lot recently. I used to listen to um, uh, Amber. Do you remember Amber? By 311. No, not Amber is the color of your energy. <laughs> this is the... Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Amber. Robin. Simply Robin. <laughs> I used to own this CD. Wow. This is like total, total chick rock. Like from the late 90s. Like Yanni. Yeah, she's sweet, a Swedish pop star. <laughs> this is her 1993 hit. Dude, I was like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old boy fucking listening to Robin. And my parents definitely thought I was gay. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, this shit is bumping. Dude, this is from 93. It's got like a, a Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls kind of vibe. Actually, yeah. it sounds like it's a ripoff of Waterfalls. <laughs> right? All right. Yeah, very similar. Do you know this one? Um, it's, it's hard to hear on my end, so okay. I'm not really 100% sure. Doesn't matter. Show me love, show me life. Um, <laughs> baby, show me what it's all about. Yeah, fuck yeah, Robin. Um, sorry, getting carried away. Um, but that song came out, <laughs> according to this YouTube thing... It says that, um, oh, it's sometimes confused with Robin's 1993 hit, Show Me Love, because of identical song titles. Why would you name two song titles? To s God, Robin's an idiot. Um, <laughs> oh, no, wait, Robin S. Who the hell is Robin S? Sorry, going down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> the Robin rabbit hole. Nah. Um, yeah, I remember when TLC's Waterfalls came out. I was 13 years old, and I remember that because I went to, like, my second or third bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah ever. Um, and I remember... Oh, here's another memory. Okay, so um, for, like, the cocktail hour, quote-unquote, for this very lavish bat or bar mitzvah, because all of these um, Westchester, New York 
bar mitzvahs had to be super lavish and, and yet, you know, yitz, ditz, yitzy, ritzy, ritzy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so during the cocktail hour, they had a magician. Um, but they had like a ton of shit. You could make your own music video. This was like the fucking shit bar mitzvah, dude. Are you hearing this? You could make your own music video. We did Kiss from a Rose. I, th- I think we, no, we didn't do Kiss from a Rose. I forget what we did. Um, yeah, me and Jason Reamer and Ben Passenkoff did a music video. Man, I wish I had that video still. Anyway, um, <laughs> there was a there was a magician there at this bar mitzvah, and um, he and and for some, I think there was okay. There was a chick there as well who was hanging out with the magician, and I remember Denise Panagos talking to the chick about how she thought that Tyrese Gibson was really hot. (laughs) This is the most random memory ever! At a bar mitzvah and Denise Panagos talking with um, one of the people who's working the bar mitzvahs about how they both think that Tyrese is, like, sexy. And I remember thinking, like, I remember thinking, like, you should think Tyrese is sexy. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, he should, like, that makes sense. Because I'm, like, a 13-year-old horny boy, like, who loves chicks. And so I'm, like, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you think Tyrese is sexy? I think, like, whoever the fuck I think. I think um, Michelle Pfeiffer in, in Dangerous Minds is sexy, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I remember uh, back to TLC and Waterfalls coming out when I was 13 years old. Um, I remember dancing. So at these bar mitzvahs, they would have like professional dancers, like these like hot chicks and, and like that would just dance. It was really bizarre. Dance crew. Yeah. And it was like to encourage the awkward 13 year olds to dance. And oh, me- yeah, they all, yeah, all of our mitzvahs have those. Okay, good. And, like, being, like, stupid 13-year-old AJ, I'm thinking, like, yeah, like, these chicks, like, totally want to hang out with me. Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't, like, a 25-year-old chick want to, like, talk with me, like, 13-year-old AJ, and, like, dance with me? So I would, like, dance, I would, like, dance with them in addition to, like, the 13-year-olds. Mostly I would dance with them when no one else was dancing, because I'm, like, fucking, I'm dancing, dude. I dance all night. Still like that. <laughs> so I remember dancing with one of the... She was like a hot, super hot black chick that I was dancing with who was like t- probably like 25 and just like smoking. And we're like dancing. Yeah. And I remember that Waterfalls came on. Or no, no, it was No Scrubs. No Scrubs came on. That's what it was. So No Scrubs came on. And we both look at each other like, oh! And, and she was like, I love this song. And I was like, I love this song too. And it like had just dropped like a week ago and like that's when um Uh trl on mtv was super big with music videos oh shit oh yeah that was a big one man no scrub tl i don't want no scrubs scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me that's a good karaoke i uh i went to karaoke last friday Do you ever do karaoke? I, I feel like that might be weird, being a professional musician. Yeah, no, I've never... Uh, I did karaoke a couple times at Penn State, but never in my uh, modern life. <laughs> modern life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> neither you nor Rocco's modern life. 
Um, yes. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Eva's a really good singer, so she gets up there and, and sings something like real. And like Celine Dion. Um, like like a Linda Ronstadt, you know. Like cut all the to the hut. <sighs> yeah, like something like that, or even like a deep cut, but something cool like that from like the eighties. Um, yeah. And then we did we did a uh, Grease. We did a little duet. I got chills that multiplying. Did that one. Right. <laughs> um, I wanted to do Dr. Dre's Forgot About Dre, where he raps oh, really fast. Oh, that is what I want to tell you. Exactly. We definitely used to listen to that one while high, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Mm. I had that sound system in my car, so I was bumping all the hot tracks. <laughs> bumping all the hot tracks. Um, bumping all the hot tracks. Do you ever uh, do you ever go on Facebook and randomly look at people that you used to hang out with? Yeah, every so often. Um, I yeah, scroll through the old uh, memory book. I randomly saw a Facebook picture of Kyle Bigos. <laughs> And I was like, oh, big us. I forgot that was like a person that like I lived with, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of people from the past. I'm sure he feels the same way about me. <laughs> yep. Like, oh yeah, I forgot that like that, that was like one of the dudes that like we shared a life with, you know? Yeah. And it's cool because like if any of the people who we lived with were to contact me now, it would just be normal. You know what I mean? Just like, hey buddy, what's up? Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which is good to have. Uh, Dan Groves is moving to my neck of the woods next week, so I've been I've been texting him like. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've been That's I've been cool. I've been teasing him about Denver, just like te- sending him awesome pictures of what I've been doing. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> what oh oh here's another here's another kind of music that um I listen to as like a legit 12-year-old boy. I listened to disco and um I watched the movie Saturday Night Fever when I was uh like 12, 13 years old and bought the soundtrack and was like super into disco music. <laughs> <laughs> like the Bee Gees? Yeah. <laughs> like I was like I was like a chubby 13-year-old boy who was like super into the Bee Gees. <laughs> Bee Gees fan club. Is that like... <laughs> yeah. Like I find that... I don't know. I think that's a weird combination. Because like if, if I like grew up in that time, perhaps. But it's just like such not a cool thing to be into. This one's sick, dude. Night fever. Night fever, night fever. But see, cause like, the reason I liked it was like, oh, I could listen. I gotta listen to that one in full later on. The reason I like disco is cause it's just heavy funk, you know? Yeah. Just like falsetto, ball grabbing, like, uh, Ball smothering, 
It really is ball smothering, fucking nostril numbing. <laughs> like you put on a fucking spandex jumpsuit and it just fucking grabs your nuts and just yanks them up. And that's disco. <laughs> um, you know what else it is? It's that. It's like that super deep groovy bass. You know, yeah. um, it's like super in the pocket. Yeah, it just it drives it drives the whole song. Like if you think of like um, like a cool in the gang or an average white band kind of sound, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you combine that with um, the development of like the electronic um, kick drum sound, where it's just that mm, 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 that like that kicky bassy. Um, yeah. Drum machine thing that like you didn't have before, so it, it has that modern dance hall electronic vibe, you know? Yeah. You think you think we've reached the end of music innovation, like really? Um I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't think music is the kind yeah, of I don't think music is the like kind of thing more that genres have yet to be created. Right. I, I don't think music is the kind of thing that needs to be innovated upon, right? Um I guess I just mean in terms of the creation of of unique genres and skews. You know what I mean? Like going from like big band in the fifties to like the psychedelic movement of the sixties to like the heavy doom metal of the 70s to the freaking guitar solo-laden excess of the 80s to the grunge of the 90s to the new wave of the 2000s and just the horse shit that's coming out <laughs> today. And, like, so what's the, so what, what, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? Like, electronic music is here, and there's only, I feel like there's only so many sounds you can make in, in, in sequence that... People haven't heard before. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know about the genres thing. I mean, there's new sounds that come out, like auto tuning, you know, and then like, but I, I take a band like the Black Keys and the music that they make. There's like they'll make a song where I'm like, how the fuck was that not made forty years ago? You know? Yeah, it's just all recycled. All recycled fucking. But it still sounds original to me, like Gold on the Ceiling. Like, those songs sound pretty original to me. I don't know. Um, but they're not new genres. It's just a new, it's just a very old sound that they created a new song with, you know? Yeah, just singing different stuff over the same music. But um, have we ever, have I ever, uh, did we ever listen to, to Naked City with John Zorn in college? Oh my god, dude, I can't believe you said that because I literally just listened to that today for the first time in like a year. Seriously, just listen to it today. Uh, uh, yeah, John Zorn with the uh, Yamatsuka Eye. Oh god. Just, like screaming. Oh my god, it's the greatest video of all time. It's amazing. Alright. We're gonna play a little bit of it for like 10 seconds.
Oh man, no, yeah, John Zorn is a is a maniac. You can't not laugh. Like it's it's just humorous. You know what I mean? It it elicits a different kind of response than just normal music, which I I find hilarious. Yeah, that's true. Um, when I first heard it, I think I was in college when I first heard it, or, or sometime shortly after. I, it sounds like his other stuff, not the stuff with um, that guy, but the regular Naked City stuff sounds like it sounds like you cha- you're changing the channels on the radio dial. Like from one, you're listening to like three second set clips of different genres of music. We actually, in that video, he has this one song called Shock Corridor, which is a song that you showed me where it's like you're turning the dial on the radio. It's like, yeah. Yeah, real <laughs> That actually sounds kind of cohesive. But then it gets weird. Yeah, it's really... It's like intentionally off-putting. I mean, it it puts you on edge because it's so asymmetrical. And and, I don't know, I'm not a musician, so I can't really describe it in musical terms. But it's so disjointed, you know? Yeah. Which I love. When I listen to music, I'm trying to find stuff that I haven't heard before because I just feel like I've heard, like, pretty much the majority of what can be heard at this point. I don't know. Hmm. Um, Do you listen to Indian music? I mean, I don't know much about modal um, kind of music, but, like, Indian music can be pretty different. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, like, much more based on the vocal melodies and, like, you play the vocal melodies on the instrument along with the vocalist which is always pretty sweet. Like, um, num, 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 num. and then you play that on the, those notes on the guitar, and then mm. you keep going back and forth. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you listen to Gogol Bordello? Um, I know the name. I don't know the music. Oh, dude. I fucking love Gogol Bordello. <laughs> um, I would love to see them live. I'm really sad I haven't yet. They're a bunch of weirdos. They're, they're from New York, but they're from, they're like, from Eastern Europe, like they're all weirdo gypsy musicians. And um, yeah. you might not be able to hear this because it's hard for you to hear. It's hard for you to hear over the phone, but they play punk music, but it's like Baltic. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. There we go. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, Gogol Bordello plays punk music, but like Eastern European style. That's cool. Yeah, I find it more complex than um, the Irish punk music, like Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly. But it's similar in that it's 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 infused with ethnic folk music. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You ever listen to the Wood Brothers? Yeah, uh, Chris Wood from uh, Medeski. Yeah, yeah, they're really sweet. I just got into them. Mm-hmm. Um, did I tell you that? Um, did I tell you that Umphrey's covered um, 
Uh, a Tool song? What was it, 46 and 2? Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I've heard them do that before. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, there's... Um, have you ever heard of uh, Zach Gill? Mm, I don't think so. My whole thing... I'm, I'm sorry. This is my part of my narcissism. I love turning people on to new music. Um, well, you turned me on to Umbridge. I oh, I turned you on. my favorite band. Nice. Um, Zach Gill plays... Super duper simple music. Um, it's usually just him and his piano. Um, yeah. and, and it's like he just he sings about like his daughter and he sings about his family and, and hanging out. And it's just like really simple music. But um, yeah, I'm going to play a little bit. She's close to God. I'm sure Yeah, I like that because it's very simple. Um, Zach Gill. Uh, what was I, I? I think I've asked you this. I definitely asked you this before. I know you. Your first concert you went to was what in high school? Uh, first concert was in two thousand three. It was the Y one hundred Festival, which was like a. Uh, a one-day music festival at the Camden, it was the Tweeter Center back there, mm -hmm. not the Susquehanna Bank Center. Um, but uh, I saw, like, Incubus and uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, sweet. And I, yeah, and, like, yeah, it was awesome. And Audio Slave, a whole bunch of really sweet, uh, sweet bands. That is, that is uh, a really cool lineup. Damn. That's also a really cool first concert to go to. You get all those bands. Yeah, hell yeah. It'd be oh, like yeah. if your first sexual experience was just a bukkake. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, the, only, the only music festival I ever went to was Camp Bisco. And, um, oh, nice. Yeah, it was fun. Um, for those who don't know, Camp Bisco is the Disco Biscuits Festival, and the Disco Biscuits are just the most like electronic jam band with a druggy slant that you'll ever hear, <laughs> right? Is that succinct? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know how people go to that show sober and like enjoy themselves. Um, they don't. Yeah. But back, so now, currently, the Camp Bisco Summer Festival every year is just all electronic music, pretty much. Um, back then, it was a cool mix. Like, I got to see Medeski, I got to see John Medeski and um, Adam Deitch, Deitch from Lettuce. And oh, um, I, they were playing with Eric Krasno from Soul Live. And who was they have and I I ever since then I tried feverishly looking for um, their stuff to listen to, but to my knowledge that is the first and last time that particular trio has ever performed live. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they called themselves Medeski and the Itch. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it was so and it was cool because like. I'm guessing they didn't rehearse a lot because they had never played before or since. So, like, 
it was super simple. Like, you know, Adam, Adam on the drums was like jammy and groovy and Krasno was jammy and groovy and Medeski kept it fairly mainstream and groovy, but of course he goes on his weird tangents. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, but they, I, I felt like they all kind of kept it to a safe space, which made it, which like maximized the groove factor, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, magical. Also when you can get multiple musicians together and just like jam, just improv, and just see what comes out. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, I saw, um, I saw the new the New Deal play. Have we talked about the New Deal on this podcast? Oh yeah, oh big time. <laughs> that one that one sound. <laughs> Did I tell you that my friend Mike, um, the drummer in Savoy, has talked to the guys in the New Deal about their music? Have I told you about this? No. And Mike was like, dude, I talked to the drummer. They have a new drummer. And Mike was like, I asked him like what the their their tech what his technique was in terms of like um what the set list is like, how they choose that, how they figure out how to transition into different songs. Because Mike was like, I couldn't figure it out by looking. And the drummer was like, dude, to be honest, like half the time I don't even fucking know. <laughs> And he's like, half the time, I forget what song we're even fucking playing. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, and it's because, and Mike was saying, like, it's just like party music. It's just, it's just party music for fucking weirdos. And they got way more popular than they should have, I feel like, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Um, at Camp Bisco 5, when I saw Medeski and the Itch, I also got to see RJD2 and the New Deal, um, like in, uh, around there. Thievery Corporation played later in the night, then Umphreys McGee, then Disco Biscuits. It was a crazy day of music. That's, yeah, that's real crazy. It was one of the best days of music I've ever witnessed. I was there with uh, Kushner, actually. Of course, Biscuits. Oh, oh nice. The Kush. Yeah. Um, and then the big attraction there was the grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, you, you've ran a festival. You know all about the festival grilled cheese, yeah? Festival grilled cheese. What was the food? I remember you guys had some food trucks there at... Would you have tacos at the Threestival? What'd you guys fuck with? Oh, uh, yeah, we had, we had the, uh, the, the chicken tacos, and the chicken was marinated in, uh, like, chipotle and coffee and chocolate. That's cool. And it was, yeah, it was, deli- yeah, it was delicious. Mm. I spent like $20 on fucking tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the big thing at Camp Bisco was the grilled cheese, the grilled cheese stand. It was, it was clutch. I'm and not a big grilled cheese guy. That, that, see, that surprises me, Lee. You strike me as a grilled cheese guy. See, I'm not a big, I'm not a big grilled cheese guy, and I am... Not at all a mac and cheese guy. Whoa! Never liked it. Never liked it. Not even once. You know, mac and cheese can be disappointing. You know? I'm just not a big melted cheese guy. I don't know. Wow. What about a cheeseburger? Uh, Um, 
I can do a cheeseburger. Hamburger. Like, I don't um, I don't like cheese fries. I don't like nachos. Oh, Lee. Oh, Lee. Do you like raviolis or lasagna? Um, I, it's not like my favorite thing, but I will <laughs> happily eat it. <clears throat> wow. We're learning a lot here today. We're really getting deep. That's interesting, Lee. Now, have you ever had? Yeah, I mean, my yeah. Have you ever had like a really good bowl of mac and cheese, or or no? Um, I don't think that I've ever eaten a bowl of mac and cheese. <laughs> I okay. just don't like the idea of it. I don't like the melt. I don't like the melted cheese. It, it just weirds me out. That's so interesting. Okay, fair enough. Wow. Um, yeah, you struck me as a grilled cheese guy just for the ritual. <laughs> like, no, man, we got to get yeah, high man. and make grilled cheese. <laughs> I used to just be a straight-up cheese sandwich kid, just like two pieces of white bread and two pieces of American cheese, and just boom, that's just uh. cheese sandwich me. <laughs> but, uh, just cheese sandwich me, all right. Uh, now... Just cheese sandwich me, yeah. Now I don't really eat much dairy at all. Mm. I don't eat much. I don't really eat much dairy. I don't really eat any red meat. Uh, I kind of stick to. I'm pretty like plant based. I'll have some chicken, some fish here and there. But uh, yeah, I was just never a mac and cheese guy. Never a grilled cheese guy. All right, fair enough. Um. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> A few weeks ago, when I went to that um, Keller Williams concert up in the mountains, um, I was with I was with my friend Brianna, and afterwards, after the concert, we get back to her place, and we were like, we're so we're high, we're having a great night. We're like, let's go get munchies. Yeah, actually, no. On the Uber ride back to her house, the whole time we we're talking about getting munchies. <laughs> we we're like, oh, I'm gonna get this. And so we go to Walmart when we get back to her house. We go to Walmart. And we, we get this epic munchie session. And I don't know, this, this rarely happens to me, but like we were so elated at like the quality of munchies we, we bought. <laughs> like we were like hugging and high-fiving. We're like, yeah! We're like, we did so well. We were so high and so happy. Like all the, all the flavors were represented. We had like all kinds of nuts and sour foods and sweets and and salties, it was delightfully. Like Willy Wonka's uh, chocolate factory. It really was, we had like ice cream and we had like, like I said, nuts and sour gummies and like chocolates and, oh man, it was, oh, we had hummus and vegetable, like it was everything. <laughs> it was great, it was weird, it was like, I've never been this excited about munchies. Remember when we went to that chocolate shop before we went to Phoenix House? Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, that was a fun little thing. We were like adulting. We were like, oh, let's be adults and like stop in a chocolate shop. Oh, welcome to my chocolate shop. Please, please, help yourselves. It was the greatest beer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dude, the German accent is fucking primo. Yeah. The German accent's my accent favorite to imitate. Of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of my it's possibly my favorite accent to imitate. 
and I, um, I, it's not my favorite to hear a person. I think the funniest accent for me to hear, we've talked about this before. Um, cause we talked, we talked about the Australian pronunciation of rape. <laughs> Ripe. <laughs> um, yeah, my, I think the funniest accent for me to hear is Boston. I, I laugh every time I hear Boston. Um, and I, I think the Midwest, Wisconsin is great, like my best friend Heather has. Um, I find, I think... Fargo. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, settle it right here in Brainerd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's some, yeah. It's some good police work there, Norm. Um <laughs> I, I think that the most soothing accent, the one that I can just like go to sleep to, is an Indian accent. Yeah. Like if I, need, if I need someone with an accent to read me a bedtime story, I would pick British or I would pick Indian. Once upon a time, there was a man who was bad a man. Well, not so much like, uh, you know, store clerk. Lighten it up a little bit. Like, well, once upon a time, there was a man who went down and, oh, yes, uh, yes, indeed. Because I, I just sat through an hour-long meeting this afternoon about a new software my company has. And the, the product manager is an Indian guy. And he's super nice and smart. And after the meeting, Jess, Jessica's like, I'm really tired. And I'm like, I think it's just the soothing tones of his Indian accent. Uh, yeah, accents are awesome. Mm -hmm. It's just like people who learn how to talk to speak the language in a different way. Yeah, my, my friend in, in college, Eldad. You remember Eldad? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, yo, man, he had the coolest accent. But it was like, yeah. it wasn't, because it was a mix of Kenyan and British, because he spent all of high school in, in the UK, in UK. Um, so it was like mostly that with a little hint of British. And awesome. I always said that the, I wanted to write a movie that he would be the star of, and his name would be Brock Structure. Brock Structure. <laughs> I just felt Brock like. Structure. Yeah. Brock structure. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like Brock structure was, was like a good name for like, <laughs> it's like so cheesy because it's one letter away from rock structure. <laughs> <laughs> but like Richard E. Norman. <laughs> sounds like enormous dick. Yeah. So I had a, a kid in our, our, our high school, my high school, um, his, his name was Richard Sharp, and he, he swore to us that his middle name, he swore, he swore to us that his middle name was Inmen, I, N as in Nancy, M as in Mary, E, N as in Nancy, I think it was Inmen or Inman. And I always thought it was yeah. bullshit, but like Inman is actually a name. I've looked it up. Inman or Inman is a name. It's like an actual old like school. Like inside a man? Well, that's what it sounds. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, you put those two together. That's a name. And so this kid's name was Richard Inman Sharp, which means that this kid's name was Sharp, comma, Dick Inman. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so like we were like we wanted to believe it in high school and this is pre-internet or the early days of the internet where you couldn't just google something on your phone so yeah um before knowledge was free richard inman sharp dick in men miss you rich miss you buddy yeah boy hope you're doing well he's dead oh oh him he has aids Um, well, sir, what else you got? We got a, we got a few more minutes if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. uh, what are you doing the rest of the summer? Oh, we got the three civil coming up in September. Hey, September, uh, 14th to 17th. Yeah, and, uh, three coming up. 333 bands being featured, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, over the course of the next three years, maybe. <laughs> it's a 333-year festival. Yes. It's, uh, it goes on the Mayan calendar, actually. So Dude, you should make... Oh, my God, Lee. You should make a whole epic backstory where it's like... Every 333 years, a force emerges on the earth. Ariel, <laughs> over embellished like a Jack Black esque, you know? The tenacious D and the three civil. Yeah, like a grand a grandiose is the is the concept I'm thinking of, you know? Like Scientology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except with um, with more murder. More murder and less alien spirit. It was murder. Yeah. More aliens. I, uh... Do you know about the story of Scientology? Do you know about all that? Um, I, is, it, is it the, uh, the intergalactic, like, space president banished a bunch of souls that got trapped on Earth? Right? Yeah, and, like, dropped them in a volcano, and the volcano erupted, and all the souls went into, like, the Neanderthal right. people. Well, yeah. Well, what about it? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's as likely as any other. Yeah, what, what about that fact are you, are you, do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess I'll never know. Maybe the Mormons were right. The Mormons... No... With their oh, there's a, actually a lot of people in my company are Mormon, including our, our um, founder and CEO is a Mormon. Really? Yeah, it, it's so funny. Mormons are the fucking nicest people ever. I swear. Yeah. Um, I figured out why though. Um, like, I noticed. So so Denver has Denver's weird. There's a lot of religious people. Eva noticed it's like much more religious than where she grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Which I thought was weird. Yeah. Um, moving to Denver, I, 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 I see it as a liberal, progressive, mostly secular place. But that's just the people I hang out with. Um, when you look at the locals and like the older people, like it is a, it's a, it's a con, more of a conservative, but it's like very religious. It's kind of progressive and liberal, but religious. Anyway, um, I, I noticed that, like, if you're Catholic or if you're Protestant or Methodist, like, you're going to be much more vocal about your religion than if you're Mormon. Um, like, it's, like, just evidence in the fact that they wear crosses around their neck if, like, they're Catholic, you know? Um, yeah. 
and, and people around our office talk about going to church, but like I've never, I, I've worked around a lot of Mormon people and um, you never know that they're religious. Like you would never guess that these people are Christian. Um, and my theory is that because they're like a new ridiculous religion with a stupid, ridiculous backstory that, <laughs> that like they had to fucking hide their faith. Because it was unacceptable. They literally got kicked out of everywhere else. That's why they're in Utah, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, I think they learned to like keep their mouth shut. And they're like, don't tell anyone that we wear, wear weird fucking underwear, you know? Yeah. You think any of the religions are right? I don't know. Maybe. No. I mean, Buddhism is right. <laughs> that I know. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, t- yeah. I was, I was telling Eva like Christianity is a religion that um, has turned into something. I mean, it's always kind of been this way where Christianity and Judaism as well is kind of a religion that teaches you morality and like yeah. the stories in the Bible are there to teach you morality and like if you look at Jewish laws like burying blood and not eating cloven hoofed animals. Um, that was like a cleanliness thing. It was like, don't eat pigs cause you'll get botulism. And if you spill blood on the ground, bury it because you're going to attract bears. It was like, they, they, they made up stories to like get you to comply. <laughs> um, and Christianity is the same way, like turn the other cheek and love thy neighbor and if you live a life like this, you'll probably be really fulfilled and really happy because it's like the blueprint to living a really good life. Love your neighbor, be a good person. Like it's very fulfilling. Um, but, but it's like a doctrine that includes some people and excludes others. And it, exclu- it includes certain activities as holy and the right activities. And it excludes certain activities as the wrong activities. Um, and so it's very much like a system that teaches morality and kind of tells you what to do. Um, so when you do that, there's a chance that you could be wrong. But Buddhism doesn't do that. Buddhism simply attempts to evaluate the world and like examine what consciousness itself is. And it examines how consciousness behaves. So it doesn't pretend to know like, where consciousness came from. It only attempts to evaluate how consciousness behaves. Um, So you're not telling anyone to do anything. People have to figure that out for themselves. Um, So yeah, Buddhism kind of explains what is. That's why I don't think, that's why I think it's right. Because it's not, it's just like a philosophy. It's just a way of, it's a perspective on the world. It's not really a religion that needs to be followed, you know? It's like the scientific method for self-enlightenment. Um, it's, yeah, Alan Watts compares it a lot to Western psychology, which, you know, most of us are familiar with. Um, like Freudian analysis, where, where you realize that there are patterns to the mind and you can, everyone evolves differently. You know how like in Freudian psychology, like Freud was the first dude to figure out uh, amongst white Europeans that like 
All you have to do is sit down and talk to somebody and eventually they'll just open up and reveal the problems that they have and they'll reveal to themselves the avenues to get themselves better, you know? Um, yeah. But, but the doctor has to talk to you individually. You can't just listen to a tape and get the same effects. You have, it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. Um, so that's why, that's where Buddhism and Western psychology are similar, where Buddhism is teaching like, like your path is your path and like where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. And, and you can transform into something else, but no one's going to make you and you're not going to do it unless, until you're ready. Um, and Western psychology is, is subconsciously based on like 19th century naturalism and other older Christian ideas about the world, so it's it's a little biased. But yeah, Buddhism's kind of similar to psychology. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Have, uh, have you done any camping this summer, sir? Do you like camping? Um, I'm like more of an indoors guy, just out of pure uh, having no money. To like not work and go places. Right. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'll be camping out at the Triestville. I have camped out. You know. Cool. Good. Yeah. yeah, Eva and I went a couple weeks ago, and uh, I I like camping in the car because I have a hatchback. I can fold down the back seats and like I lay down a memory foam mattress pad because I'm. Oh, I don't want to sleep on the floor. Yeah, so um, I would recommend you try that. Or, like, if you have an air mattress, try fucking bringing one of those. Because then you're, then you're camping with a little bit of uh, comfort, you know? Yeah. Maybe bring a little baby pool, fill it up with some hot water, <laughs> put it right in the back there. Fuck yeah, dude. A little baby pool. That's what's up. Put a little heater in there. <laughs> Oh boy. Throw a bacteria before you know it. Nice. Get some to get a nice staph infection, die in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Well, sir, that might be it for tonight. Yeah. Got any closing thoughts? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's a that's a fact. But um, yeah, it seems to be the theme. All right. Well, on that on that light note, we'll uh, <laughs> I guess we'll play some we'll play some music to to get us out of here. And uh, that was a good that was a good pod. I thought that was a pretty good pod. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while. We got back back on track. Back on track. All right. Well, we'll let everyone go to some Zach Gill. This is AJ and Lee, and uh, that was the Unnecessary Podcast. See ya. Swinging on my vines, dancing on my lips. Her monkey sound, sound like angels hips.